Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast features Denise Holloway. Denise, with a Y, is a certified life coach who focuses on change management. She's also a fitness pro and a clean-crafted wine connoisseur. In this episode, we talk about core values that guide us, the law of attraction, and being a special needs mother. Denise is a dear friend of mine, and I'm proud to have her on my podcast. It's a great episode with lots of knowledge dropped for sure. Tune in, and I hope you learn as much as I did. All right, I'm here with Denise Holloway, a certified life coach, a fitness pro, and a clean-crafted wine connoisseur. Welcome, Denise. Thank Denise you. with a Y. Denise with a Y. Why not? Yep. <laughs> yeah, why me. not? Why not clean crafted <laughs> wine? We could go right there. Right. Wine and not, maybe. <laughs> exactly. How We're are you? Strong. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Always trying to keep a positive outlook. Yeah. Um, you. That can be trying at times, especially, you know, you have uh, a couple kids and several different businesses going. Yeah. And certifications up the wazoo. How do you do all of that and still maintain your sanity? Well, well, there's the wine, of course, but yeah. <laughs> it's Thanks. all about it's all about life balance, you know. And uh, people tell me all the time that I have this sort of innate ability to put a positive spin on things. I'm a very positive person, and quite frankly, laughter is my fuel. So I always try to to you know make a joke or poke fun or or laugh with people because I really think that it can reset the tone when you're joking about, you know, some of the hardships you go through. Maybe not in the moment, but I love it. Right. Yeah, you do. And that's one thing, I don't know how or where we got connected because it was while I was still living in LA, I think it was Instagram and I made a snarky retort on one of your posts. Yeah. And. That's what started it. And all of a sudden I had, you know, wine in my house somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so you, you're connected with my sense of humor. I think I lead with that a lot of times. Um, and I draw in people that can appreciate my sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's very good. Because that's just what makes you uh, a great friend of mine. Because I've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations. And you've been one of the few people I can talk to about it. And you've been... You always find the, po- the, the positive. So how, where did that start? I mean, have you always kind of seen the bright side of life? I think I've always been sort of a jubilant person and, you know, enjoying that sort of joie de vivre. Uh, but it's not to say that life hasn't been challenging. It's been really, really hard at times. And I've been to that place we call rock bottom. But I think I have acquired some skills along the way. Every time I've dragged myself out of there and sort of reinvented myself, I, you know, I, I try to find the lesson there. And I think growth is important. Otherwise, why do we go through these difficulties? So as I grow, I think my resilience grows. And so the next hardship, maybe I, I'm more short-lived in that, in that place. And I think for me, um, 
I've learned how to frame things and reframe things. It's a, almost a survival skill, like, right? If we let those, those hardships and those challenges get us down, then we're not doing ourselves justice. We're supposed to be learning and growing. And I think that's what I do. And I, I don't know if I've always done that my whole life, but I know that in recent years, that's what's driven me is that um, repurposing, that reframing and just keep going. You know, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm a special needs mom. I, I don't have the luxury of giving up, you know, and I don't want to. And I just, I, I love to live, I love to connect. And it's all about, you know, living your best life, even with difficult circumstances. Yeah, talk about your special needs, your special needs mom. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I just think you're a rock and a warrior. So I kind of want to know a little bit about that and how you keep the bright side of life on that. Well, I, I think family is one of my core values. I brought up with a very strong sense of family and, mm -hmm. and very inclusively. Um, no matter if you screw up, you know, you're not going to be ousted out. Oh, hi, puppy. Um, and so I think that that, uh, for all of us, our core values drive us, right? And I became mm -hmm. in touch with, with what mine really are, you know, in more recent years. And so uh, as a special needs mom, I have two teenage boys. Uh, my oldest mm -hmm. has a bunch of developmental dis disabilities, autism, ADHDs, oppositional defiant, depression. Uh, he's got a heart condition. So he's wow. been a challenge, like he's 18 now for 18 years. Um, and my youngest son, he's 15 and he's got a touch of the ADD as well. So it's, you know, but I, I have a very fierce and strong sense of love. I'm a heart centered person and everything I do comes from love, which is another one of my core values. So it's just natural to me to sort of be that person who supports others, um, who wants to see the best in others. Often, you know, I have to teach myself to include me in that as well. Um, but you know, that's, that's just the cards that I've been dealt and you know, what are you going to do? You do, you deal with it. Yeah. I mean, you do it with a smile on your face and I, you know, sometimes I'll text you and you'll be like, yep, I've got, and you tell me these five things going on. I'm like, and you did it with a smile and I'm like, wow, you know, but I've always admired you from, you know, from afar. And even in, when I lived in LA, but you have that resiliency, but yet I love how you talk about your core values and you have really done a lot of work on that recently, haven't you? I definitely have. Yes. And I, I'm just beginning to be aware of what a driving factor that is for people. And a lot of people I think are not really aware of what their core values are. But more and more, I'm realizing that our actions are all derived from those. And when you get in touch with them, everything makes sense, right? Now, when I just, when I figured out that I'm heart-centered, like my business choices, my life choices, my parenting choices, like everything just made sense to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in, I try to embrace that and give myself grace if, you know, I'm thinking with my heart. Yeah. Did you, like, was this kind of a transitional, because I you went through this certification and it was a really in-depth certification as a life coach. Did you find some of these answers, these core value answers through that, or was it just life? Definitely. No, that it definitely, you know, I always um, have been sort of attuned to myself and to positive affirmations and mindset and all that, but definitely going through some of the exercises with life coach training 
open my eyes a little bit to different angles and perspectives uh, to, to how different people embrace different core values and how that affects the relationship um, and how to improve communications knowing that, right? It's not, it doesn't always mm -hmm. have to be conflict just because you don't share the same values at the same time. So definitely the life coach training helped that. And just going through the adversity in my life, like I said before, mm -hmm. with the different hardships, I always try to turn those challenges into lessons, find the meaning, find the lesson, where's the growth and learn from there. And it's about, it's a lot of introspection. Yeah. A lot of journaling. Do you even have time to journal with all of the <laughs> things that you got going on? It's tenuous. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I used to be an avid reader that has been eluding me lately. So it, it kind of goes in spurts. I, I love the written word. I love, I love writing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm just a devotee to the, to the love of language. Uh, I thrive on language. So I do love reading and writing. I just haven't ha had a, a lot of opportunity recently to get to it, but it, I, it is a passion of mine. Yeah. And another passion that you and I both love is clean, I can't even say it today. Clean crafted wine. Say that 10 times really fast. But Maybe you need to drink a clean crafted wine right now. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I've got one in my cupboard and I'm saving that for the fall because I only I drink whites in the summer and the reds in the fall. But yeah, where did that how did that happen? I well, mean, it was kind of that funny. origin story. Well, I'm, I'm in fitness for 20 plus yeah. years and right. um, and wellness. And mm -hmm. my philosophy in the wellness and fitness arena isn't isn't just devoted to moving your body and, and nourishing it, although that is a key component. For me, I take a more well-rounded approach, a whole person approach. So you have mm -hmm. to also, you know, every thought matters, like you said, it's right behind yep. you. You have to also be in the positive mindset. Nutrition, fitness, wellness, it's a mind game. If your mind is not working for you, it's working against you and your goals are going to reflect that. And the third part of it for me is nurturing the spirit. And that's where the wine came in. So I've been with Scout and Cellar, the company who trademarked the clean crafted movement uh, for almost four years now. And it was about four years ago that I began to feel a little incongruous when I would nurture my spirit with a night out with my friends, drinking wine or whatever. And I was actually seeking something that would align more with my organic natural lifestyle. And I stumbled upon Scout and Cellar and it checked all the boxes. There was no sugar in it. And I was doing a low carb lifestyle. Uh, there were no pesticides or things like Roundup weed killer, which were being found in everything and being linked to cancers and all of this. Uh, no chemicals and additives. It's just a pure product of nature. And I had tasted some other organic wines and actually explored those companies as well, but I didn't find the flavors to be that enticing. Um, so the other wonderful part that fit right in is these are artisan craft wines that are actually delicious as well as more geared towards a healthy lifestyle and environmentally friendly, yeah. small businesses, female growers, like it, it just yes. worked so well for me. And, uh, so I started partnering with the company and offering it to my clients at the gym and, you know, it's. I thought, you know, if I, if I think this fits with me, I'm not the only person. Someone else out there is going to want to experience this too, because now I'm in alignment, right? I can go out and nurture yeah. my spirit and not feel guilty about sabotaging my efforts in the gym or getting headaches from chemicals or whatever it is. 
um, it's a clean and delicious product and I stand behind the company because they also run on core values. So just resonated with me. Yeah. And the founder of it used to be an attorney, right? And now yeah. she's like one of the top sommeliers in the world. Is that correct? She's a level three. So she's level certified three. like almost the highest. And she did. She, she quit her litigation job to pursue wine. And she was doing e-commerce in Napa Valley and getting headaches from wine. And even just one glass. And she thought that it was something wrong with her. But after her research and interviews with growers and whatnot and doctors, she discovered that it was all the junk in wine. And if you think about it, grapes are among the, the dirty dozen in our pesticide sprayed produce. So that mm -hmm. does end up in your wine. And it even ends up in organic wine. So testing is really important. And she made sure that the company uh, has rigorous testing by two independent parties, third parties, to make sure none of that's in there. And sure enough, you know, she wasn't getting headaches when she switched to the cleaner wines. So the clean crafted is her trademark and it's very specific. Doesn't, doesn't allow much that grapes and sunshine, which is what wine should be. That's correct. The wine should be like that. And add to that, you had a personal friend that let, suffered from migraines, migraines, not just headaches, but migraines from wine and tried scout and cellar. What, how'd that yeah. turn out? This was like early on, about four years ago when I first discovered it. And I was so excited to share it with my friends. And I reached out to her and she said, oh, you know, uh, red wine is one of my favorite things in the planet. And ever since I had a specific surgery, I can't drink it anymore. It gives me intense migraines. And they said, if you're willing to take a chance, let's share a bottle. And I brought a bottle over to her. I, t I had a glass and I left the rest of it with her <laughs> overnight. <laughs> the next morning I had a text from her. It just said, I love you. I love you. I love you. She was able to drink it without a headache, without a migraine. And she's now, she orders the wine all the time. She's an avid yeah. she, she got to introduce something back into her life that she loves. And that's what I like. That's why I'm the wine and wellness woman, because it's all about joy, like finding joy in life. And I was able to provide her an avenue towards that. Yeah. And I, I love that because in my journey, and you have been one of my biggest advocates of my journey is the holistic coaching is it's all about those three things. It's the physical, it's the nutritional, but it's also the spiritual. And wine is part of your spiritual because that's something you want to enjoy and it brings joy. And joy is an endorphin. Yes, you know, yes. We all kind of miss that. We don't, we miss those endorphin things. And I know go running six miles, is, you can get an endorphin rush. But being with your friends, sitting on a patio, having a good you know, glass of wine is one of my true joys in life. I, my friend who's over in Europe right now, that's when she gets back, that's what we do on Mondays is we go drink a drink wine. Right. That's a yeah. joy. It is a joy. It's a it's a it's a means of connection. Yeah. And you like you, like myself, uh, thrive on connection, right? We yeah. we love to be to be with others who lift us and we love to lift other people as well. And wine is a great connector. It's a social product and it should bring us joy. And you know, if you're drinking something that's gonna leave you feeling really crappy the next day that's not as yeah. joyful which is why i like this because there's none of the chemicals in it that weigh me down and, and make me worry yes. right yeah and, and it, it, you're right it, i don't want to run six miles and i'm in fitness yeah i know <laughs> you are a different way <laughs> why did you ever get started in fitness what how did that start was that just something like from high school that you were an athlete in high school and you just i was a dancer and a cheerleader in high school so i was always in tune with my body right. and um, 
just as you know, a young youth, I continued like going to the gym and working on my physique and my fitness and nutrition. And, mm -hmm. and my, my now ex-husband decided he wanted to be a personal trainer. And so that's kind of how we branched into it. I sort of bought him his first gym membership and then he sort of took the business and, and he wanted to, to open up gyms. And so I became sort of the wellness ambassador for that. And I, I work a lot with the clients on mindset and positivity and, you know, shifting. You got to have it right here if you want to have it right everywhere else. So, yeah, you do have to have a, you know, uh, for those listening, you, you have to have it in your thoughts and your and your brain before you're going to develop that six pack ab. That's really. right. <laughs> Seriously. It's got to be up upstairs first. Mm hmm. Yep. So, and I like that. It's one of, you know, personally, one of the reasons why you're one of my friends is our sense of humor, but I love that you're kind of a trailblazer and you're pushing yourself and you're a mom and you've got kids and you've got all these, you know, a life coach, you're a personal trainer, and you also are a distributor, if you will. I don't know what, what the right word is for scout and sell or what they call that for you guys, but you're an advocate for clean crafted eating, an eating lifestyle too. Oh so. yeah. You know, I, I try to help people make good choices in their life and it's not necessarily the same thing for every person. So mm -hmm. I'm a very disciplined person, but that doesn't mean I deprive myself. Right. And I don't think anybody should deprive themselves. That's what leads to things like binge disorders. So I think that you can balance discipline with indulgence, but it, like I said, it, it, it is a balance and it's all about moderation. So, you know, yeah. I'm not out drinking a bottle of my wine, you know, every hour <laughs> I enjoy it no. on, on occasion, right? Yeah. I, if I want to have the dessert, I enjoy that on occasion. Um, yeah. But again, I'm disciplined and the next day I'm back in the gym and I'm back on my nutrition plan. Yep, that's wonderful. That's to me what makes you an amazing human being. Been you have really gone through a ridiculous path to get where you are today. You're quite amazing to me. But where I'm going is is you've hit rock bottom. So. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know there's a couple people in my life that we've, I know I've hit rock bottom, obviously, a couple times. How does yeah. that feel? And what else keeps you going besides, you know, when you hit that and you're going, you just want to give up? Right. That's a, that's a hard one. I've been in that, that horrible place a few different times in different iterations. And it's always a challenge to get out. I think, um, it's important not to ostracize your friends who try to help you, even though that's my tendency, right? Just like leave me alone. I'm going to do this on my own, but that support is important. Reaching out to someone, even if it's a stranger or a support group or a coach or a therapist or a medical profession, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are interested in helping you and interested in your well-being. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a while. Uh, sometimes you have to go through that dark place before you see the light. But it's, you know, it's vital that you try and giving up cannot be an option. There's always light. You just have to be able to find it. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's no darkness with, without light. And most people don't quite understand the physics of that, but that's very, very true. So even with, 
the emotions. And that's why I, I'm about your thoughts because I think I, I finally put it together not more than a month ago or two months ago that my dad, when he was still alive way back when, when I was a kid, he gave – he and my stepmom were involved in Amway, and Amway was all about positivity, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, and it's multi-level marketing and all this other stuff. But this, the byproduct of that was all the positivity. Right, right. Which he gave me this book by Norman Vincent Peale, you know, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your World. And that's mm -hmm. always stuck with me. And, you know, some 50 years later, you know, I'm doing Every Thought Matters. And that's yeah. a key component. Again, so that's a core value to me in your right you know, vernacular, that's very important to me because like you said, you're not going to have six pack abs if you don't change what's in between the ears. Right. You're not going to have, you know, these huge pipes on your arms without what's going on in between your ears. Right. Or any of your goals, really. You want to, you want to have an affluent life. You have to be right in the head. Any, anything you want to pursue, you have to have the right thoughts around it. And if you yep. uh, have those self-limiting beliefs, well, guess yep. what? You're going to stagnate and go backwards instead of forwards. I know. So, you know, being in rock bottom, it's not a really a great place to be, as you know. But, yep. I mean, did you also experience learning from those places? I feel like you did. Oh, we're, we have that same gene. I don't know. Our, our double helix, or that little <laughs> spot is the same because I... Even in middle, when I was in LA and I was on that on a floor counting pennies, literally, mm -hmm. because I didn't know how I was going to pay bills, um, I knew there was a lesson there. Um, just like a, a story I've told many times, and I don't know if I told it on this podcast, but one time, rock bottom for me also was heartbreak. I was madly mm -hmm. in love with this woman back in 2005 that I'd met, and I knew it was unrequited. And I had that moment where I was listening to a song that she gave me and I was sitting at a stoplight of chimney, uh, chimney rock and something or other in Houston. And the tears just started flying. And I just, I knew in the middle of all of that, it was unrequited. But I also knew in the middle of all those tears by, and it was a Thursday and I knew by Monday I would be much better. So I just allowed the tears to flow. And I also knew that. So I knew the lesson was there. Yeah. I knew I was going to be okay, but I also knew it hurt. So you can be rock bottom at heartbreak or for me financially, which I've done, um, and still know that you're going to get there. You just, that was the last iteration for me was asking for help was the hardest thing to do. It's difficult. It's oh. difficult to ask for help. I agree. And I've had, I've been in the position many times where I've had to, and I've had, and even accepting the help, knowing that I need it, it's difficult. And I'm still training myself uh, to accept it without the guilt, you know? It's yeah, it, my brain goes, well, I put myself in this situation. Why, why should you help me? But one of the innate things that we, and you know this very well about when we help people mm -hmm. is people love to help. Yeah. It's part of our DNA. That's part of the, I read somewhere there's like, of our double helix, our DNA, uh, there's like 5 billion different iterations of it, right? Because it's, you know, the permutations, it's, it's a big, big number. But I think most everybody 
has that want to help people, tend to lift people's spirits, whether it's through, you know, money or church or for me, coaching or, mm-hmm. you know, walking a little old lady across the street. We want to help. You see it all the time. Like when this pandemic hit last year, uh, John Krasinski started something called, you know, Good News. Yeah, I love that. And love that. I know. I would be my, I'd be crying pretty much every week when he every put time. out a new episode. But <laughs> yeah. it showed you how right. people wanted to help, and that's part of our DNA. It is that that connection of humanity, right? And some people are more in touch with it than others. And you know, some people need that catharsis, like you said. You're you're sobbing and you're crying to let it out to be able to give again, right? Yes. And, and, and sometimes it requires a reinvention of ourselves to return to us, right? We're always there, but sometimes we need to return to ourselves by reinventing our sense of identity. And, you know, when you, like you said, when you allow others to help you, you reinforce that desire in yourself to help others. It's a, it's a reciprocity that's unspoken, right? You don't say, oh, well, I gave you two hours of help. You're going to owe me when I need it. It's just something we do. It it balances out, especially with good friends. With good friends, it does. And I, it's, I found it amazing for me and it still humbles me, which I love. You know, one of my favorite things is honestly, it's kind of weird, but I like looking at the world through humble eyes. So it humbled me and made me appreciate help made me and it's still hard for me to ask but then also it's not right and I think honestly um coming out of this pandemic has changed that a little bit in terms of society and culture and and you know being able to receive help and it's kind of a little bit of my specialty what I do in life coaching is change management when change is thrust upon us or when the rug is pulled out from under us, you know, that's where, that's where my specialty lies in helping people navigate those unexpected or, or difficult changes in their lives and finding the lessons there and getting in touch with those guiding principles. You can reinvent yourself if needed to get through those moments. And I think we're more accepting now, having gone through all of this hardship together, a lot of us have, a renewed sense of community and connection because it was taken from us. Yes. And we want that. You know, one of my first outings when like the ban was lifted and we could go out and socialize, I went through North Hollywood and I, we were just walking around, my boyfriend and I, and everybody was so connected. People would walk by and just say, hey, it's great to see you out. Strangers, right? Smiling, yes. socializing, just a high and, and talking about, wow, your energy is so great. There's that shared sense of we're, we're getting our, we're getting back to us, you know, and, yes. and realizing how important that connection is when it's taken from you, that Darth becomes so much more apparent. Yeah, it does. And it also teaches us, you know, how important every other human beings are and it's for the connection for you and I both in the, other human beings are, are kind of a life driving force for us. Right. Yeah. You know, whether it's our, our family, like my sister who surprised me with last weekend and, or, you know, my friends here locally here in Rockport, it's a driving force for me to be connected to that. And I love that, but 
it got taken away from us. And now I've, mm-hmm. I've always had a sense of appreciation for it, but it just, it's a different one now because of a pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's kind of just an example of what we were talking about before is, is le- having, finding the lesson in it, finding the meaning. If we yeah. can't, if we can't turn adversity into meaning, then it's, it's useless. It's what's it for? You know, we gotta, we gotta grow. We always have to be growing. So, yeah, let, I kind of want to go back to this change management thing because I'm kind of fascinated by it because my IT brain, I worked in computers for 25 years. Change management has a whole different <laughs> vernacular to me. So that's software changing from one iteration to the next. But humans going through change as a, going to a life coach for change, how does that work? Well, you know, we always wear different hats in our lives, right? We okay. switch them daily. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes there, there, there comes a point where that, that switching of the hats, that switching of our purpose, or our identity is very challenging, for instance, in a global pandemic. But it yeah. could also be something very personal, um, the loss of a relationship or a change of relationship status. It could be um, changing careers. It could be discovering that your child has special needs. It could be um, un- unveiling a family secret that changed your sense of self. You know, mm-hmm. these things that blindside us can leave us feeling like we're no longer in control of our lives. Right. Um, change is scary to begin with, but when it's, when it's big or unexpected or undesirable, it can leave us kind of feeling like we're in a tailspin without direction. Nobody gets it. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm confused. I'm lost. I'm broken. And I've been there in different iterations, many different reasons, sadly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, I, you know, here I am picking myself up by the heels, learning from it, growing yep. from it, and then making it my passion. I have to follow that passion to, to channel all of that learning to help others do the same because you don't have to feel like you're not in control. I can help stop the spin and get you unstuck. And that's where my change management specialty comes in redefining who you are and who you want to be stepping forward in clarity and confidence. And how's that different? So how is that different than going to say a therapist? Well, with a therapist, there is a lot, I'm I'm not, I'm not in a position to diagnose or treat mental illness. Okay. So that's where you're going to want a professional, like a psychiatrist or um, a psychologist. I'm in the position to, once you're ready to move forward, once you know that you have to stop the spin, you got to get up out of that rabbit hole, right? And you're down at the mm-hmm. rock bottom and you know that you need to move forward. That's where I come in. I can clear all the brush out of the way. We can determine together how to not just circumvent obstacles, but leap over the hurdles because we all have them. Yeah. Um, and we all have the strength to do it, but sometimes it helps to get another perspective to sort of, see more clearly that path because it gets jumbled with all of the outside influences with family dynamics with expectations and and that can really cloud your goal and your path so I say you know I'm not while I can help you if you do have like a mental illness or a diagnosable condition I'm not looking into the past as much to see like you know, if you had problems growing up in your childhood or if you had trauma, although that that is a part of it sometimes, that's not my focus. My focus is forward movement, not necessarily yeah. digging up those skeletons from the past, although it does fit in there. Makes sense. 
I like it. And one of my favorite words, and my friend Jen gave it to me many, many years ago. Gosh, it's been a long time, but uh, is the word onward. Because yeah. I love that word, and I, I keep preaching that because it, it hasn't forward and backwards are synonyms and antonyms, right? But onward, there's no antonym. So I your love brain that. doesn't. I love that. Right. <laughs> so you help people change and move onward. Yeah, it'll get them unstuck. Yeah, because our brain with our thoughts, our thoughts, you think forward, somewhere in your brain and that word backward comes up, right? And this is right. where your thoughts do matter. But with yeah. onward, does there any, any opposite come up in your head? No. It's, that's right. kind of a fascinating point, right? There is no other choice. It's just right. onward. Right. And I think it's yeah. a, a little less intimidating, right? If I'm yeah. telling you to go forward, well, now I gotta have a goal and I gotta have a direction and I gotta have this and that. And, but if I say onward, it's, you know, look, we can define that. What does that mean for you? Right, it can, it's gonna mean something different for everybody. Yeah. Forward has a different, forward has a planner sort of connotation, you know, mm -hmm. to me. And onward has, how, clear away that brush, as you said, which I love, I love that. You just clear away the brush of this present moment and go, how can we move onward to get you out of this? Yep. Sometimes it takes radical acceptance, right? And mm. I like radical acceptance is to become okay with it really not being okay and moving onward anyway. But I like to call it embracing the suck because that's how I am, right? Embrace the suckiness, you know? It's not ideal, but this is where we got. We're going to move onward anyway. Radical acceptance. But if you brace the suck, you actually are in doing so and in actually looking at that. You, I think what your change management does is brace that suck and help you find that lesson in there to move onward. Absolutely. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, thanks. That's a gift. That's not easy to do. It's not <laughs> easy to coach that with people. I think I have, um, I've discovered in recent years that part of that gift is because I'm I'm skilled at intuitive listening and I can really connect the dots and hear what's not being said. Like what's going on behind the words, beyond the words? What's, what are you not saying? And helping people to see those connections between the story they told of when they were five and what happened to them yesterday and, and making those parallels like, wow, you know what? I think we're onto something here. I think this is a, I think this is clashing with your core value of, you know, whatever it is, transparency, authenticity, whatever it is. And, and just yeah. seeing what's hearing, what's not being said. Sure. That's, that's one way that I could do that. It's one of my gifts that I'm learning to celebrate. Yeah. And that's what we as coaches and we do. And one of the things I like about coaching is I know I learned about myself as well in the middle of all of that. Yes. And I, and I'm trying not to be shy about that because I don't want to come across this, this all seeing and all knowing. I know that I don't know everything, but I, what I do know, like I'm rewriting my whole thing. Cause I had a lady on my podcast, gosh, several months ago and her name was Pinka Yerkovic and she wrote this book, Self from Love and I'm reworking my brand and I'm working through, you know, knowing that I am an idea I fracture ideas really well. Like you throw an idea for something out, I can break that down and come up with about 10 other ideas out of it. I've, I've seen you I, do that personally for me. 
Yeah, I you know I've come up with marketing ideas for you. Yeah, you do. You know, (laughs) and it's it's simple to front, but those, but you know, conversely, those things are always out there. But it's just I take one little nugget. What are you doing? And then I'll branch that out five different you know eight ways to Sunday. Yeah, you have some ideas to be able to get there. But that's what I do, and I don't know what that's called. I'm still trying to. I kind of feel like that. that's tapping into the IT part of your brain as well. You know, it's very strategic and, and I don't know, almost, almost computer-like to me. But I also, what I love about you is that you're just very transparent. You're an authentic person. You know, you're, you're just who you are and you, and you're unapologetic about it. And, and you're out there just as is. And I, that's one of my values as well, as I love to be authentic and I, and I love to, um, connect with other people who value transparency yeah i one of my pieces is and i've really starting to really clutch on to this is that it, i'm trying to do this podcast because i want to do this podcast and i do what i do on social media because i want to do it and it just it's working for me right now you know and I value other people's ideas, but at the end of the day, if you're not paying my bills, I'm going to keep trying doing it this, my way mm-hmm. until I learn that I need to change. Right. You know? And you're, you're a lifelong learner like me. You love to yeah. learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what that's called, but I, I always try and find a lesson. I always do. It's not easy sometimes. Right. Sometimes it hurts, you mm-hmm. know, but. And sometimes there's amazing gifts that I didn't see coming, you know? That's cool. That's very cool. It's, it is because like the story I've been telling lately is, you know, you know, I was at Walmart for like a year and a half and the stories I, again, your thoughts matter. The stories I was telling myself about that job, they were not good for me. Mm. Right. And then also I get this barista job and those stories are gone. All of those things that are, I was thinking about, or, or, and now I go and I look back at that time there and I go, I wouldn't change a thing. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was, so, it's the weirdest thing for me personally, because I don't look back on it and go, I, yes, it wasn't a great place to work, but I wouldn't change that year and a half for anything. what's informing that is it because it led you to where you are do you have an appreciation for what you gained in terms of lessons yeah it it appreciated it the biggest one was it taught me about the stories you tell yourself which yes that's a big thing in life and the story you know i i tell myself about my work is uh was not healthy for me And that's not, you know, and that was in the middle of a pandemic and I was telling bad stories about myself in the middle of all that and the bad stories about the place I worked and, Mm -hmm. but what the most fascinating thing for me was I, I don't look back at that place with anger, which is really wild because of, you know, they don't treat people very well, but I didn't, I don't look back at that place with anger at all. I think you were more elevated in your thinking. Yeah, I mean, look at it, go, and I wouldn't change a thing. Absolutely not. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, it made me think when you said that about all the narrative that you, that you had around that job. Um, oh, yeah. How many people just go to work day after day and hate what they do? And how many people tell themselves that same narrative? and yes. do hold on to those negative feelings and do remain stuck there and stagnate and just how weighty that is and how negative that is. And I feel like that's quite a large percentage of people, especially during the pandemic, right? Right. Um, that's, that's where someone like you and I can come in and, and help shift that perspective, right? We've all got those hardships, but you know, if you wanna make a change, like you said, every thought matters. It does. And you ended up making a change. You ended up making a change and, and becoming happier for it having that appreciation of what you experienced there as, as not necessarily positive, but not holding any grudge, you know, that was part of your life and you've moved on. Yeah. And yeah, that was, it's the fascinating part is just that I didn't, I don't look back at, you know, at it negatively at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't, again, I'm not going to, and I have to, I go there and shop for groceries every week. So, and I see the same faces and the whole thing. And I, it doesn't bother me. That's great. Yeah. I mean, what, do, what good does resentment and, and, and those oh, yeah. kind of heavy feelings do us anyway? It doesn't, it just weighs on us. It's the same as, as forgiveness, right? That's one of the things that I try to teach in my coaching is forgiveness is a gift to ourselves, right? If we're angry with someone for wronging us, uh, holding them accountable for the rest of our lives is keeping the negativity locked within us and just saying like, it's not, advocating or condoning what someone did like it could still be wrong but it, you know you can just let them go knowing that I didn't like what you did but I'm gonna move on right and not holding on to the negative jail of unforgiveness I feel like it's kind of the same thing you don't want to look back and just harbor so much resentment about the past because then you're going to be living in the past and we want to go onward Yes. And I've, you know, through my journey in life and a lifelong learner, I've learned how to let go of the past. And I used to hold on to it strongly. I used to hold on to it like it was, you know, my last piece of furniture in the middle of the tornado, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and, and what good comes from that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And you I'm going to piggyback. Right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're really resisting yourself. yourself for someone else's crime. Yep. I agree, but let's flip forward to this forgiveness thing. And this is going to be, this is one of my pet peeves, but I think people don't understand that forgiveness starts with forgiving yourself for making that choice, whatever, say it's a bad relationship and you're right. in that relationship too long. That story you tell yourself, you got to forgive yourself for that. I think it's hard for people to do. They, they get stuck in the should haves. I try to uh -huh. eliminate the word should from my vocabulary. I still slip up every now and again. I might've said it today. Uh, but I think when we hold ourselves accountable to a should, like, well, who said? Who said it should be that? Is that society? Is that my mom? Is that my inner voice? Like, where's this should coming from? I get to determine my should. And sometimes I make a mistake. You know, I don't, I don't want to be held accountable to some ambiguous standard that only exists in people's heads. Should is should and need are two words I avoid, like need. In just okay. general, because that gives you this air of superiority. Yeah, entitlement over that person. Yeah. Like you know what they've been through, and you don't. You know what, and most of the times, especially as a coach, you only know the stories they're telling you, right. and because 
you talked about being an intuitive listener, you can get behind those stories and figure out really what's truly going on there because being an intuitive listener, you can see what's in there, but you don't still really know the whole story. So that's why I shouldn't need, I just do not like those words. Yeah, I hadn't thought about need in that way, but it makes perfect sense. It kind of resonates in the same way. And what you're saying is so true. And even with, when I'm trying to communicate with my son who has autism, his yeah. worldview, his perception of events and the filters in which he sees things through are so very different from mine that I can assume that we're, we're on the same level, that he sees whatever infraction it was like I see it. But for him, it's a completely different experience and an almost an innocent one, even though I might be pissed off. Like, how could you do this? That you didn't see what it, how it hurts me and blah, blah, blah. But to him, it's very, you know, with autism, it can be very self. It's a self-oriented. And he's not thinking about it as a repercussion on me. He's not, he's thinking about filling a need, right? Uh, and it's just, it's hard sometimes to remind myself that we all, autism or not, have different filters, different worldviews. You might have seen that that visual of the numeral, like it's a it's a six or is it a nine? One guy standing on one side of it, one guy standing on the other side. He sees a six, yeah. he sees a nine. They're both right, and they're yeah. both wrong. Yeah. So I remind myself of that a lot when I'm talking with my with my sons. Well, I think we should remind ourselves a lot with that when we talk to everybody, though. With everybody, right? We, right. Even you know. I go down a rabbit hole of people or mirrors and I really believe that how I feel about my, I want to reflect back to people, especially my coaching. And even as a barista, I want to reflect back the positive of that person that's standing in front of me Nice to mirror back their good stuff as far as I can do that. And if, if this one goes back to my Abraham Hicks days and I started listening to it back in LA, it's like, she talks about if there's somebody in your life that has these 10 things about them and only one of them is good, focus on the one thing that's good. And if they're still around six months later, then you've done something right. If they're not, then that's, you know, that's okay. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think well, that's you have a to. approach. Yeah. And yeah, and you, and it's also a way to sort of make sure that you're surrounding yourself with positivity instead of toxicity. I like that. There's yeah. a good quote in there somewhere. I like that. <laughs> right. A bit yeah. of manifestation, you know, I believe in that. And as a matter of fact, maybe sometimes too much. So this last week I was having a, a great challenge with my son and I was very focused on it. And you know about law of attraction, right? And I'm telling myself, yep. stop dwelling. Like it's in my head. Stop dwelling. You're going to attract more. Sure enough, Ants in the kitchen and a clog in the drain. Same right. day. I'm like, ah, I get you, universe. I hear it. But, you know, I, I think, to, you know, to some extent, it's true. We, we, we receive what we put out there in the world is what it comes down to. And, yeah, I know because I find that I love pretty much every customer we have that comes in that shop. And yesterday was no different. And it was ridiculously busy. And this wasn't uh, really busy weekend like for tourists or whatever you just got to kind of look at everybody and I try to disarm them and oh, then get that. them to smile and then they go all about their day and you know and 
walk away, not just because of the shot, but just because they felt like they were present and being, they were seen. Rather That's the best thing you can do to people. Validated. I agree. And as a matter of fact, it must have been like 10 or 15 years ago that my best friend sort of gave that example to, to me because that's how she lived her life. We would be, you know, walking down a shopping center, for instance, and she yep. would say, excuse me, Denise, and she'd go to a person and, and compliment them like, oh, sorry, I just had to tell you that your eyes are absolutely stunning. And then we'll walk along our... And she yep. taught me that if you're thinking it in your head, if it's a compliment, give it, just give that. That's a gift. You share like it. That. And my goodness, how it lights people up and they carry that forward in their day. Right. And that's going to be a snowball effect of adding positivity to the world. So I always try to remember now, ever since Ginger, you know, share the compliments. And I, I try to do it all the time. Like whether I, it could be anything, a, just a smile. I love that. I'm going to have to do, start doing that because I mm -hmm. think that's a great way to live. And I believe my own personal belief, and some people probably think it's whack, but our, our collective consciousness over the past about three years is starting to break. But just like so for something, I don't know who said it, but something has to break for something better to come along. And I think that's what's what we're going through as oh, a collective consciousness. Right. Yeah, it's kind of breaking so, it down to the rawness and being right, able to build it back up again. Right now we're breaking ourselves down to, to very tribal elements, but I think in order to do that, to do that, it's going to build up something even greater and better than what we had before. I love I that. Just do that. And doing that, if that compliments in your head, tell that person. Right. That how often awesome. do you have one and you keep it locked up, right? Like you pass someone and say, oh, cool jacket in your head and you keep it locked in there. Dude, cool jacket, right? Just make them smile. You know, don't keep, don't keep them locked up to yourself. I know you got to be careful sometimes if you're a man complimenting a woman because you don't sure. want to be, you know, yeah. uncomfortable, but you know, just if you're coming from a place of authenticity, which you do, right. it, you know, it's always good to share a smile, even just how you doing? Have a nice day. Yeah. Just look somebody dead in the eye and go have a great day. Yeah. And that's going to change that collective consciousness one, one thought at a time. And that's where it's got to start. It can't start anyplace else. You mm -hmm. can't have, you know, like you said, have an affluent lifestyle without changing that thought. Right. Every thought and one. I know this and I <laughs> preach it and to anybody who wants to listen. And that's part of why I do my podcast. So I can yeah. keep refining my message because that's what I do. And I get to talk to wonderful people and I do this because I love it. Connection. I don't, I know. And I listened to one of my friends. And I think you'd love her uh, podcast. It's the Trophy Wife Life podcast, and she's really funny. <laughs> oh, now we're so friends. Good. Like, yeah. you know, her and her husband live down in San Diego. I think you should, I'm going to try and talk her into getting you on your podcast because I think you'd be a hoot. Fun. But, um, she talked about, uh, she had a lady on today that said, just keep doing your podcast. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about that. And I, Certainly can't worry about the numbers because my numbers are not that great, but I don't really care because this is what I care about. When I get this connection, this is all I need. Yeah. That's why I do it. I've got another one scheduled to, to record tomorrow and then four of them in August. And I actually booked kind of somebody I look up to who's a law of attraction 
sort of mentor via social media for me. So she's going to be on at the end of August. Wonderful. I know. I can't wait. That's going to be, I'm going to be like, that's a celebrity to me. That's cool. I've been listening to her and her name's Ginny Gain and her and Cassie Parks have had a podcast for a long, long time. And it's always given me messages I need. What a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And she's awesome. And she's done. She was like me. She's just realized law of attraction was where she was at. And Mm -hmm. that's what I found out. And I'm just rebranding. And now she's going to be on my podcast, which I think I I was surprised she said yes. Wonderful things happen when you're passion driven and you are. Yeah. This podcast is very much passion driven for me and it's a blast. I love talking to people. I like talking to you and we could talk about law of attraction until the cows come home. I know. Right. No more ants in my kitchen. <laughs> yes, no more ants in your kitchen. But I know Abraham Hicks always talks about that we tend to worry too much that we're going to attract that stuff. And just, I know. if you, as she always says, or they actually, it's don't give it 16 seconds. So if you have that second thought, that just don't let it snowball too long. Right. And then just realize, okay, I had a negative thought, whatever. Mm-hmm. acknowledge you know, it let it go like a balloon yeah that's one of my favorite stories i when i was out in la I, this casting director had a workshop and it was nothing about the acting business and she it was actually something we did a video vision board which is really cool Ooh, fun yeah it, it was a blast and we did a meditation and it was a guided meditation and it felt like it was five minutes when in reality it was 50 minutes, I think. Wow. It sure felt like I was, yeah, it was another place in another time. And one of the key elements I remember from it was in the middle of meditation, she said, if you got a thought that it doesn't serve you, put it in a balloon and send it over the ocean. Send it away, right? Yeah. Yep. Over the ocean. I love that. The ocean is where I, um, that's my center. That's where I get grounded. Yeah. I live by the ocean too, because it's mm-hmm. the Gulf of Mexico, but technically it's part of the Atlantic Ocean. So it's an ocean. Beautiful. I've seen your views and pictures. Awesome. Yeah. I, even looking at the pictures, I can find my center. <laughs> That's good. That's helpful. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media and where can they find these, these amazing Scout and Cellar wines? Well, my the wine website is wineandwellnesswoman.com. That's also yep. my Instagram, wineandwellnesswoman. Yep. My life coaching site is currently with the web designer. She's uh, transferring it from one platform to another. So it's not up, but that's going to be npecoach, npecoach.com. And people can always, you know, um, email me, be well with D, D-E-E, I'm D, at gmail.com. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, or, you know, you, you can connect me with folks that ask. I'm, yep, I'm absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're both elevators of others, and that's one of our gifts, and that's kind of a core value of mine. But yes, I'm going to ask sure. you one final question. Use one color to describe your personality. I want to say, so I love purple. Obviously, I'm surrounded by purple, but I don't think it describes my personality. I think I would be like a sparkly yellow gold because I like to leave a little sparkle everywhere I go. And I feel like it's vibrant and I, I tend to be vibrant. Yeah, you're very vibrant. <laughs> 
technically so. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. Um, if you ever want to do a deep dive into that, there's a, there's a whole literally black hole of information on the internet about what your color is and how it describes you. I'd always find I that fascinating. I love that. I love that idea. I think that sounds fascinating. Yeah, because we have to do stuff that fascinates us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, why are you doing it? Exactly. Stuck in a rut. Exactly. Well, it's been great to talk to you. I've learned a ton as usual on my podcast, which is great. And I've also got a note to look at my core values and see what those are. I love it. Really write those down to see, mm -hmm. make sure that everything I do, and I love the idea. And I think everybody who listens to this and makes it to the end of this podcast, you got a compliment for somebody, don't lock it up, unleash that. Be kind to be respectful, but pay the nice compliment. People love it. People love it. And you'll feel good too. You'll feel very good in giving it. Mm -hmm. All right. It's great to talk to you again. And I do appreciate you coming on my podcast. Oh, it's my honor and my pleasure to be here. All right. Great. I appreciate you. I love you. I will talk to you later. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.